You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all platforms. All right, Kentucky victors over the Alabama Crimson Tide, 66-55 to was the final score. 77-75 to was my final score prediction. I did not think this game would climb into the 80s. I thought it was going to stay in the 70s, and I was wrong. I was wrong. It was, uh, it was a defensive affair uh, down in Tuscaloosa. We're going to talk about the first half. We're going to talk about the second half, and then some final thoughts. Uh, as we normally do on the show, we're going to go over my parameters for Wildcat wins and see if they accomplished what they needed to accomplish so let's just go ahead and jump into it the first half it was very clear from the get-go obviously both these teams offensively like to run up and down the floor they get out in transition and then they, they try and attack the rim it was very clear that Alabama wanted to play fast. There were touches in the paint early. Uh, they were very key. I believe Betty Ako got a couple of touches early on and that really got Alabama's momentum going quick and it was just like we said, the offense for the entire game, it was exactly like we uh, we, we said on Friday uh, doing the uh, the breakdown episode. It was drive and kick for Alabama. It's just drive and kick over and over and over again. Alabama really wanted to put up as many shots as possible in this game. And um, they did not da- knock. Uh, they did not knock down a high clip as they finished with 55 points. And we'll get to more of that later on. But it was 9-1 Alabama early. And Grady then proceeded to settle things down with a three, so it was 9-4. And at that point forward, Kentucky just kind of slowly started to climb back into the game, and then everything was okay. So Alabama got out to a lead. They were running up and down the court like crazy. And then Kentucky just kind of established themselves. They started to to stop panicking, and thankfully they did. And Because I, I thought early on, I was like, oh, this is going to be LSU all over again. Great. Ty Ty Washington, uh, I wanted to talk about him quickly uh, before we move on. He's still having a really uh, hard time getting it going. He had several shots in this game that looked like they could have gone down and just completely missed on them. Uh, was 6 of 15 on the day. He did have 15 points, but still, Washington, in terms of shooting and his percentages, he is going through... Uh, a big-time slump right now. Mintz, though, coming off the bench, has has really just accepted his role, and he's playing well. Was 3 of 9 from the floor, was Mintz, but he had several moments in the first half where it's just like he's playing well in transition. He got a dunk, he got a transition 3. He was doing all the little things an experienced guard uh, would. Oscar Shibwe was not playing very well in the first half, and he wasn't playing very, very well early on. On Honestly, in my opinion, either end. Um, he had 6 points early. He was eventually shut down. Uh, finished the game with 10, uh, and Alabama did a really good job in putting him in a variety of situations uh, in the first half defensively where he was uh, he had to foul or he was just simply not put in a, a good situation in the paint, whether it be guarding a driving wing, whether it be guarding uh, back downs on a post move, or whether it be trying to stay home when Alabama sent two at the glass, or whether it be guarding uh, floater from Javon Quinterly. I mean, he was put in a lot of different situations to try and, I assume, stress him out. And it seemed like it really did in this game, even though he did finish with a double-double. 
Kentucky tried to push the pace like Alabama uh, in this game. The pacing in this game was great outside of the turnovers, in my opinion. Uh, but it was, again, a little so- out of sorts at times. Like I mentioned, the turnovers, and we'll get to that later on in the second half analysis. But it was clear that Kentucky, like Alabama, really wanted to stress the opposing team defensively after makes or misses. So anytime Alabama put up a shot, and most of the time they missed uh, on Saturday, whenever they put up a shot, Kentucky was immediately looking to get out and run with Severe Wheeler. And for the most part, I would say Kentucky's transition game was pretty solid. It was pretty solid overall. I was pleased with the fact that Kentucky got out and ran and then ran well. Uh, Damian Collins, we've talked about him uh, before on this show, about how we are advocates for more playing time for him. Uh, I believe he had nine minutes in this game, finished with 10 points, played very well uh, in the first half. Uh, after Shibway got into a little bit of a foul, uh, foul trouble, again, played amazing. He was born to play the dunker spot in the Weave offense. I mean, he does it perfectly. He does it perfectly. He needs to be more a part of the game plan moving forward, in my opinion. Kentucky has a little bit of a depth issue, in my personal opinion, or at least Cal has an issue with playing kids. Uh, I, I don't know, one or the other. And so he's. we're going to need guys like Collins to, to step up and not necessarily get 10 points in nine minutes, but to come off the bench and provide some length whenever you're whenever your uh, opposing guards and forwards are just or excuse me whenever opposing forwards are really hammering down on Oscar Sheway you're going to need to bring a spark off uh, off the bench 0.7 points per possession uh, for the Alabama Crimson Tide in the first half that's not very good uh, for Alabama was really good for Kentucky defensively that was the best uh, for Kentucky against an SEC opponent this season 0.7 points per possession. The defense came to play uh, against one of the nation's better offenses. I was extremely pleased with the way uh, that Kentucky played defenses. And I'm not going to lie, Alabama did have some looks in this game. They had some open looks. Uh, but I also cannot tell you how many different times I heard Alabama's rim uh, rim just like fung, clang. Like the, their rims must be tight, dude, because they you you hit them and it's just like they don't even like bounce. It's just thunk. Um, it was such a just a dull thud. It was hilarious. Uh, anytime Alabama put up a shot, you just like, oh, this ain't going in. It was really funny. It, it, at least it was to me. Uh, Grady uh, played well in the first half as well, in my opinion. He went three of five from the floor on the day. And I would argue that he uh, should have taken more shots, but Alabama also made it really hard for him to get open. Uh, they made it really difficult for Kellen Grady to get open in this game. And honestly, they put a lot of pressure on Kentucky's guards for the majority of the night. I mean, Severe Wheeler didn't finish or finish with without a single point. Uh, finished with a few turnovers as well. Uh, Alabama, uh, we talked about it on Friday, does not necessarily create a ton of turnovers, but what they will do is put pressure on you physically and foul you. And I said that that may be a concern he- heading into this game. And Kentucky got to the line more often, more than uh, than they do uh, on average. And Alabama got to the free throw line, I believe, twenty four times in this game. Um, so, so overall, I mean, free throws and fouling weren't crazy like it wasn't a a huge factor what was more of a factor was Alabama's inability to shoot and then Kentucky just simply clamping on defense early on I was thinking this is going to be a bad matchup if Sheway can't handle himself in the paint and then Alabama just slowly cooled off and they started to look to the three and it just eventually wasn't working out for him it was 33 27 at the half Uh, again just a really solid showing for Kentucky's defense uh, for the first 20 minutes of this game. We're going to talk about what happened in the second half and why Kentucky was able to pull away in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march 
through the playoffs right to the big game here in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, moving along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Again, thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody that, again, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We'd really appreciate it if you're watching on YouTube, if you would subscribe. Uh, It would mean a lot to me. All right, second half analysis here. Kentucky, Alabama, defensive affair. Did not peg it as one. Let's get into the second half stats here. So we talked about Alabama putting a lot of shots up. They put up 64 in this game. Uh, They had 16 offensive rebounds, which allowed them to put up even more shots. And this was a game where Kentucky, for the second straight time, got out-rebounded. It was 47-44, and Alabama controlled the offensive glass. I want to point that out. I want to acknowledge the fact that it's not a good thing. And I also want to say, on the other hand, there were several times in this game where two things would happen. Number one, there would just be a long miss, and Alabama would just corral it. It would just be a lucky bounce, and Alabama would, would, would get to it first. So there's not really a whole lot Kentucky could have done in that department. And then second off, there were so many different misses at the rim where it would be a missed shot and then Alabama would get it back and try and put it back up and then they miss it again. So I think that number, 16 offensive rebounds, is inflated by the fact that they just got lucky on misses and then also they were just missing point blank shots at the rim and they were getting it back and they were still missing. Um, so, so overall, I don't think it's a huge deal that Kentucky got out-rebounded by three in this game. They still won the game by 11. It also, uh, you know, as the game went on, Alabama didn't really start to get a lot more offensive rebounds, and they started to get colder and colder from the floor. Uh, it, was, it was very, very apparent that it was just not Alabama shooting night. They chucked up so many threes in this game that just would not go down. Uh, and eventually, Kentucky got out and ran when the opportunity arose, and they established themselves in the second half and capitalized on just about every single mistake that Alabama made. And the, the lead grew. I mean, Alabama at one point cut it to four, and then Kentucky grew it uh, into double digits, finished the game winning by 11. And they were up by quite a bit, actually, uh, with 250 left in this game. They were up 61-44 after Keon Brooks. Uh, it was an outlet pass after an Alabama miss for a dunk. I mean, that was just kind of the epitome of the game. It's like, Alabama misses a three. Here goes Keon Brooks. Here's a slam in transition. That was just kind of the epitome of the game. Kentucky capitalized in transition, uh, and Alabama couldn't finish at all. Uh, The pacing, like I mentioned in the uh, first half segment, pacing was okay, but turnovers were a problem. 15 apiece for both teams. Now both teams capitalized. 17 points for uh, Kentucky off of turnovers, 14 for Alabama. It was was important in this game to get out and run, and Kentucky just simply did a better job of it. And we we also talked about something else important in this game. Uh, We talked about this on Friday about Alabama's young front court versus Oscar Shibwe and how they would handle Shibwe. And, you know, the Tide love to play physical and they love to foul you. Talked about that. We've established this. And Shibwe got pushed around quite a bit in this game. Not saying the officials didn't call anything right. I'm just, I, it was actually, I thought, overall a well-officiated game. Believe it or not. Crazy, right? Um, Shibwe got pushed around a little bit in this game. Alabama played their physical brand down low and Shibwe finished with 10 points. He was 4 of 13 from the field. Uh, he also had four personal fouls. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Shibwe played terrible. I think he had a bad game opposed to what he normally does. But 
I mean, he got he got pushed around a little bit by Charles Bediaco. And that's a concern moving forward if Kentucky runs into somebody that has a strong post presence, a team similar to Auburn, a team similar to Purdue, a team similar to Gonzaga. How does Kentucky handle that? They don't really have a lot of guys that are sitting at 6'9", 6'10". In fact, I don't really know if they've got anybody that could be more of a legitimate presence inside than Shibway, and he's 6'9". So this, in my opinion, this it's okay in this game. So we won. We played great defense, but we can't afford Shibway to just get bullied in the paint moving forward. We can't afford to let that happen. And it was clear that Betty Aka was going to be part of the game plan defensively, and he made his mark. He played really well, held Shibway 4-13. And Betty Aka himself also had 12 points and made every shot he took. It was 4-4 from the floor. So props to Betty Aka for coming in as a freshman and stepping up and making plays whenever he needed to. Alabama, again, like I mentioned, cut it to four late. And then Kentucky just simply started executing. Uh, it's something that I thought was very important in the second half, and I wrote this down, is that they started to get back in transition when Alabama wanted to run, and it forced Alabama to play somewhat of a half-court game. And even then, Alabama didn't really feel, seem like they wanted to do that. It seemed like they just wanted to chuck up threes, just drive and kick, and nothing was going down. I mean nothing. Alabama, if you did not see it, this is probably the biggest uh, statistic of the game. Alabama shot 33s. And we talked about that on Friday. On average, they put up 30 a game. They made three of them. They shot 33 uh, threes and they made three. 10% from downtown. That um, I don't know if I've seen that uh, in a game in quite some time for, for any college basketball team, honestly. I don't think I've seen a team shoot 10% from three. Um, I, that is... Hmm. That is really, really bad. And again, it props to Kentucky's defense for stepping up in this game. I mean, efficiency-wise, they're top 15 in the country, but uh, there were some looks in this game that Alabama just had and just they just missed. And it's their home court. They couldn't shoot on their home court. It was really odd to see. Again, rebounds didn't go Kentucky's way. Uh, both teams had the same amount of turnovers. Oscar Sheepway didn't play great. And Alabama, they got shut down. They were shut down. Severe Wheeler also went scoreless for the first time since the LSU game. He only played four minutes in that LSU game, by the way. He played 33 today, or in this game, excuse me. Uh, but in this game, he finished with three rebounds, seven assists, and three steals. Also had four turnovers, but still. Uh, play like a point guard should. Now, if he made one of those four shots, um, that's a good night for Wheeler on a game where Kentucky should, made, what, six, or had 66 points. And with, that, with, with about a, f- a fourth left in the game, Kentucky really started to slow the game down. I mean, obviously, the pace was important in this game, pushing it up and down the court. And in Kentucky, it seemed like they felt like they kind of had a, they kind of did that. And it was like, okay, we accomplished that. They got a couple of, of looks at the rim, got a couple of lobs, and they, they extended their lead. And with about three minutes left, it was all she wrote. That was it. Alabama tried to come back. J.D. Davidson scored, uh, I believe, five or six points uh, within that that two minute and fifty second stretch. Uh, it just simply wasn't enough. Sixty six to fifty five was the final score. Kentucky kind of just went in there and handled business in the second half. Played great defense, really, really good defense. And I've been waiting for that out of this squad against a legitimate opponent offensively. Right, we've been waiting to see that um, in SEC play where they where they can shut a team down. We got to see it. We got to see it. 
55 points uh, on the road against a team that averages a little over 80 a game. And you really started to soak it in at the end of that game. It's like, this is not necessarily an NCAA tournament type of environment, right? But it's an NCAA tournament type of game. And whenever you, talking about Kentucky, are matched up as a two seed against a 15 seed, and then moving on down the bracket, if you're going to play against a team like South Dakota State, for instance, who's averaging 86 a game, you're going to have to be able to step in there and shut them down, at least somewhat. You've got to be able to establish yourself. And this really felt like a similar type of product that we could see in an NCAA tournament game. This is an NCAA tournament team. I think that this is proof that Kentucky can make the Elite Eight the Final Four. They could win a title. I think this was a game that proved it. And again, Alabama is no slouch. They're 14-9 and right now. They're still in the top. I believe they're 19th in the Kim Palm rankings still. Uh, this is a team that had the most difficult strength of schedule in the country. They beat Baylor. They beat Gonzaga. They beat Houston. Um, Baylor, by the way, I called that. I said that a few days or a few episodes ago. They're not as great as some people think. And got slapped around by Kansas, who Kentucky just beat, by the way. So overall, I'm very impressed with this win. I'm very, very impressed with this win. I thought, and I said this on Friday, I thought this, this was a bad matchup. I thought it was a really bad matchup. And Alabama just was shut down on the def- defensive end. All right, we're going to go over some final thoughts here. The parameters that I set around Kentucky Wildcat wins. Did Kentucky execute uh, to my liking? The answer is yes, but we're going to get into some, some more of the numbers. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year that, you know, I've pretty much given up on my New Year's resolutions, guys. I mean, we're into February and all the things, or most of the things, I would say. Uh, I've just kind of checked that on, right? But there's one thing that I'm going to stick to. There's one resolution that I've got. And it's to eat right. I'm still doing that. And it's all thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because, you know, I actually enjoy eating Built Bars. They taste fantastic. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs, by the way? And if, you're, if you've not seen them, if you've not seen them, they're absolutely fantastic. It's a, built, it's, a built, uh, it's a built thing. Puffs are absolutely fantastic. Some of the best tasting bars and puffs out there uh, does Built have. Puffs actually are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Can you believe that? It sounds crazy. Let me tell you something. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. I'm telling you, these things are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they've got so many different amazing flavors to choose from. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and for this month, they've got white chocolate cookies and cream. Goodness gracious, I cannot wait to try that. They are all absolutely delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will also be really good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make the taste uh, they make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. They are absolutely fantastic. And if you want, you can go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15, and you can get 15% off your order. If you want to get Puffs, you want to get Built Bar, I would highly encourage you to do both. You can use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order right now at Built.com. Check them out. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Let's go ahead and go over some of the parameters here. So I've got four. Did Kentucky shoot the ball well, have decent shot selection, play well in transition, and protect the rim? Those are the four things 
hold up three fingers. Those are four things that Kentucky has to do to win win ball games in the SEC, particularly on the road. I mean, I believe I made these parameters after we lost the LSU game. Did Kentucky shoot the ball well in this game? Not exactly. Shot about 36% from three, 40%, I believe, evenly from the floor. It's great to go four of 11 from three. Um, it's not great to shoot 40% from the floor, so I'll say not really, but Alabama was so abysmal on the offensive end that it just it, it kind of worked out. <laughs> have decent shot selection. Did Kentucky have decent shot selection? In my opinion, yes. The transition game was there all night. They made great decisions, in my opinion. There were turn- turnovers. Don't get me wrong. There were turnovers, but they overall, when they wanted to take shots, I think they made great decisions in the shots that they took. So, yes. Did Kentucky play well in transition, both offensively and defensively? So, like I just said, the transition game was there all night. They had 16 fast break points. That's good. That's good. Alabama, for all of their running and all of their offensive prowess that we've heard about, you know, they're taking score. They've got all these different guards that can get out and get to the rim, and then they could shoot threes and stuff. Alabama had four fast break points. Four. So, yes, I would say that Kentucky played very well, both offensively and defensively in the transition game. 16 points of their own, and then four points led up to Alabama. Did Kentucky, final one here, did Kentucky protect the rim? Answer is yes. They, they had a, held Alabama 28% shooting. I mean, if you if you hold a team to 10% from three and 28% shooting from the, from the floor, you're probably going to win, I would say, 95% of those games. Just going over some of the more some more stats here. The answer is yes. Kentucky checked most of the boxes in this game. Um, they held Alabama to ten assists. Kentucky had twelve steals in this game. They were really putting pressure on uh, Alabama's guards, as did Alabama to Kentucky. Overall, I think that this was just an incredible outing defensively. The uh, highest score in this game was Charles Bediaco, like I mentioned earlier. Alabama's guards, Javon Quinterly and Jaden Shackelford. When a combined four of 22 from the field did not make a single three, that's just that's phenomenal for Kentucky. I mean, that is huge. Would not have expected Shackelford, who's averaging 17 a game, to be held to six. And then Javon Quinterly, who's averaging 14 and a half, to be, be held to seven. I mean, the, the guard play was abysmal in this game for Alabama. And Kentucky had guys that just simply could guard it. They just played well. Callan Grady played well defensively. Ty Ty Washington played well defensively. Severe Wheeler, uh, like we noted earlier, got three steals. Oscar Shibwe had four of his own. And then Damian Collins coming off the bench and Davian Mintz coming off the bench. They were great as well. So overall, this is a fantastic win for Kentucky, in my opinion. Very, very solid. We've got South Carolina on the road uh, tomorrow. We're going to break down the, uh, the, game talk, the, uh, the Gamecocks on tomorrow's episode. I just want to say, I mean, looking down this stretch, final thing, final thoughts here, Sharp's not going to play, but I don't know if that's going to hurt Kentucky if they're going to consistently pull out wins like they did uh, on Saturday night. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, Send them to me on the socials or on YouTube in the comments. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless.